Welcome to the Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Luke chapter 16. And my guest is here because the person I asked to be a guest today is here because I ran into them in the green room. They're a regular guest on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. And I had just read this chapter. I was working on this chapter for the study guide and got stuck at the parable of the shrewd manager. We had a great conversation. And so I wanted to invite Jeff Redoran to be on the podcast. As I said, he's a regular guest on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. He's a self-taught Bible teacher, and he also teaches, I already, world, biblical, biblical worldview. Biblical world <laughs> so thank you so much for being here, Jeff. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Right. So let's just dive right in because this, when I was reading this chapter, the parable of the shrewd manager really tripped me up because it it's it feels confusing and it feels counter to the interpretations I've understood seem counter to who I know Jesus to be. It is. There's this confusing praise mm-hmm. of this shrewd manager for being basically shrewd, right. dishonest, <laughs> yes. uh, selfish. <laughs> And yet it is constantly taught that way. And I had, I had, uh, actually it was Bill Arnold who challenged me to do a study of all the parables. And I, there are so many parables that can be confusing. And I had put them off and I decided, okay, I'm going to study every parable. But you know which parable was left blank for the longest Mm, period of time? This one. This one. (laughs) This was, I just left it blank. I would read it and then I'd come back to it and I'd read it and come back to it. Because it is confusing. Why would God or Jesus, if if Jesus is the wealthy man mm-hmm. who praises his manager, who basically cuts the debt of some of the wealthy man's customers selfishly to give himself a financial advantage because he's going to be fired for not being a very good manager, right? Right. Well, why in the world would God commend that? And I just never felt like that was right. Yeah. And the if you're doing the study guide, you'll see that I quoted a commentary that was one one perspective of how to discern this. Um, and you can go to the study guide and read that. But I would really like to talk through, Jeff, what what you learned when you were going through and studying this parable. Well, so I, you, you know, right away, just as you described, there's this confusing praise and actually a confusing par- uh, comparison where it says that we should act likewise or something. And it's kind of like, oh, what's going on? And so I, I tend to try to avoid reading commentaries early on. I Mm. I like to come up with kind of, here's my understanding, here's my outline, here's my interpretation, and then check them. But this one, it's like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm going to go start reading a bunch of commentaries. And it's like some would say that we should be shrewd like this guy when it comes to dealing with the world. Some described as being spiritually shrewd. We should be spiritually shrewd. But again, to me, the parable seems clear. The manager who is going to be fired selfishly got some of the master's debtors to write off some of their debt for his own personal gain. Mm -hmm. He was dishonest. In fact, he's called the dishonest manager a couple times in the parable. (laughs) And so why would God commend, if you will, a dishonest manager? And so I started thinking about this. One of the keys, I think, when you keep reading in Luke 19 is starting in verse 10, uh, Jesus goes on to said, say, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with 
true riches. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your own? Mm -hmm. To me, that's a perfect description of what the shrewd manager was doing. He was not being faithful with someone else's property. He was not being trustworthy with a little. And so why should he be trusted with a lot? And so I started thinking, I think the parable of the shrewd manager is not an example that we should be like. It's an example of what we shouldn't be like. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be dishonest. We shouldn't be selfish. We should handle other people's property property, um, faithfully. And so it seemed to me instead of being a parable of, of what we should be like, it's actually a contrasting parable that says here's how I don't want you to be. Which is why it's so confusing because it seems like every other parable is the opposite of that. So then coming into this and trying to discern what it is that he's talking about. And you had also made a point of how we see the cost of discipleship right yes. beforehand. Yeah, so the, the, there's a, right before this, actually about a chapter before, there is a, there's this story of the cost of discipleship, right? Yep, so at the end it, of 14. Right. And so um, it, it, there is, I think, the context both before and after. If, if there's a cost of discipleship um, that we are, you know, is a lot of people say believe in Jesus and everything will go well. Right. And you've, you <laughs> yeah, know, you which, believe in Jesus and, you know, your life right. will be great and so on and so forth. And, and, you know, there's there's a truth to that in the sense that when we believe in Jesus Christ, we are given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Right. We have now the God of the universe dwelling in us. So, I mean, we have eternal life. What more can we ask for? But at the same time, there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost of discipleship. So when Jesus says, pick up your cross and carry me, uh, or yeah, pick up, you know, if you and follow me, he says, uh, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trials and tribulations. The world doesn't like Christians very much. So you will be persecuted on account of my name. So that comes before and also before the, in, the, in the previous chapter is also the parable of the lost coin, the lost son and so on. And that comes before. So that was a note that I did in my notes just to kind of set the context. What is this surrounded by? But I think that key is that if you are faithful in a little, then you'll be faithful in much. If you can't be trusted with a little, then you're not going to be trusted with much. And so I think that immediate context drove my interpretation of this saying, this is not a good commendation, mm-hmm. but it's a condemnation for being a shrewd, for being a dishonest manager uh, in this world. So I don't think we take we should take shrewdness or dishonesty or selfishness, either in the material world to try to imitate that. You know, there's also this uh, strange, confusing comparison. Why compare the people of the world saying that they are more shrewd than the children of light? What is that all about? And there are some commentators who say, see, we should be shrewd as well, kind of like the world. But aren't we, are we supposed to act like the world? No, we're supposed to be counter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that that was also confusing when you come to this parable. It's like, are, are we supposed to be shrewd like the world or are we supposed to be kind of the opposite of the world? Do not love the world or anything in it. Why do you act like the world? Put off the world. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this right. world. I mean, there's so many ways that God's ways and the world's ways are opposites. Mm-hmm. So I think the master is not Christ. I think the master is just a rich man. Oh, by, by the way, 
rich men often in the Gospels are 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 not the righteous people, but the unrighteous people, right? No, right. They're often not portrayed kindly, the, along with the Pharisees, especially in Luke's Gospel. The the Pharisees. I mean, he he seems to really have a bent on them. But yes, you're right that the the rich man is usually not the hero, or usually not the most Christ-like one. And it's right. And it it's uh, it, it ends. It goes on to say, "Do not love wealth like the Pharisees did." Mm-hmm. And and the Pharisees didn't like this parable, right? Because and they they sneered at. I don't think Jesus. they liked many of his parables. No, they, they didn't <laughs> because they often were pointing to them, mm-hmm. right? And it says that they sneered at Jesus because of the parable. Mm. And I think that's not because he was saying how to act. I think they were sneering at it because they recognized their own selfish, dishonest selves in, in the parable. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. They were they were the rich man in this story, um, so yeah, I think the the manager was being dishonest. Um, I think you know some commentaries uh, were talking about, or, or the one here was talking about um, that it was somehow a commission that was due to them. But I don't know where the commentary got the fact that this was a commission owed to the manager in some way. I, I mean, that's not in the story, so I don't know no. where that came from. I don't know. I don't remember if that was historical context or if that was – there was a reference to Deuteronomy. I'd have to go back and, and look at it. I assume – Or maybe it was just like trying to make sense out of it. It, it might have been a little of all of the above, right? I mean there might be some historical context where the manager got a percentage or whatever so he was taking it. But why wouldn't he just take his percentage and right. go, mm-hmm. right? Why did he have to go behind the rich man's back and to cut the debt, which – as a fired manager who wasn't, you know, terminated yet, right. he really didn't have the authority to do anymore, and he kind of did it behind the the rich man's back. Yeah. So once again, being deceitful in his dealings. Uh, so, what do you feel like is the lesson that we can then glean from this parable? You know, I think that later on in the in verse twelve, where it says you have been tr- when you you should be trustworthy with someone else's property. If you are trustworthy in handling world wealth, you will be trusted with true riches. I think one of the big messages, don't act like this. This is, a, this is a parable of how not to be. If you are responsible for managing someone else's property, the temptation is to self-deal a little bit on the side. Well, that's never right in God's economy, right? Right. It's never right to self-deal. Be faithful. Be honest. Do what is right even when your boss's eye is not upon you, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the main lesson here. The world is going to act worldly. They are going to lie and cheat and steal, and they are going to give bribes, and they are going to illegally influence, and they're going to, you know, all of the above. And we should be different. We are God's elect. We are God's called out ones. Mm-hmm. That's what that word really means, that electos in the Greek. We're his called out ones. We are called out of this world to be holy and, and to act differently mm-hmm. in this world. We as Christians should be honest in all of our dealings and all of our handlings of other people's property. No matter if it benefits us. Or not. Correct. Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. I loved our our green room conversation about this, and this really confounded me when I came into this chapter. So thank you for coming on and 
helping us flesh it out a little bit and, you know, maybe gaining some, some more understanding. Yeah, there's, I like to say there's no coincidences, right? There's just God incidences. Yeah. So our meeting in the green room was perfect, and, and this ended up being really good. And I think this makes a lot more sense than the, some of the traditional interpretations of this parable. Yep, me too. Well, thank you for listening and for joining us for this episode. I hope you've subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and that you will join us next time when we will talk about Luke chapter 17. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.